When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! This is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale. Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge. You're going to make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have a whale like this. When things sound dull, turn up the fun with Crunch. Hello and welcome to the Radio Times podcast with me, Jane Garvey, and our resident critic, Rihanna Dillon. I normally call her top or leading critic. Now I'm just resident. Yeah. You've been, oh, well, that's, I don't know. I'm just here. You're, she's with me anyway. <laughs> um, some good content as ever this week. What are we talking about, Rihanna? We've got Lenny Henry's Caribbean Britain. Lenny Henry was at the uh, Radio Times covers party. He was hosting the night, but he was excellent. So it's lovely to see him yeah. helming this. We've got Sherwood which is a brilliant BBC drama. Yes, six parts. We'll be delving into that. I have been able to see four of them on preview. And you're I had... very sad that you're missing the last two. Desperate now to find out what happens. <laughs> anyway, and what else? Oh, Jane, it's finally happened. James Nesbitt. No, I was talking about Love Island. Oh, <laughs> either would do for me. Love Island is back. Yes, I have been exposed to actually far too much of Love Island this week. Uh, not really my choice, but other residents of the household. And my squeak about James Nesbitt is also very appropriate because he is on the podcast this week. His new show, Suspect, comes to Channel 4 on the 19th of June. Now, in this clip, I've just asked the great man if he'd ever do Strictly. I would be too tired. I mean, and I would love to do it, but not for it to be on the telly. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to kind of go through that, the discipline of that, because I really love, I'm very competitive as a, uh, you know, I, I play a lot of sport. I would just be so, I, I get kind of embarrassed with things. Uh, James Nesbitt is, uh, he's he's a good bloke. And this is a very tense, rather, rather terse new drama series suspect, which we'll discuss in some detail a little later. I'm yeah. not sure I like the look on Rihanna's face. Uh, <laughs> now, go no, on. No, I was just thinking about the time that I saw Jimmy Nesbitt at Brockwell Lido. And uh, yeah, he was Morgan's. just in his swimming knickers. That was it. Was a lovely day. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. Don't think I've ever heard them called swimming knickers before, and I don't <laughs> want them called swimming knickers again. Uh, any showbiz, other showbiz encounters in your most recent past? Then that you can tell us about. Do you know what? I don't think there has been any. No celebrities all week. I don't. I don't think so, Jane. I'm slipping. 
If anybody who's listening is a celebrity and can help Rihanna out, <laughs> podcast at radiotimes.com, because this is supposed to be a podcast rich in showbiz and celebrity encounters. I'm so sorry. I've been I've been sort of doing wedmin this week. So we've been looking for suits for Mike. We've been sorting out menus and all of that kind of stuff. So celebs have taken a back seat. Right. Well, I've got I've invested in a new uh, cat litter tray this week, so it's all been going on. Uh, let's dig straight into the reviews. We're starting with a show that I think is going to get a lot of people talking. It is Sherwood. It starts Monday the 14th of June at nine o'clock on BBC One. Some massive names and a really interesting topic uh, that the show is based on. Very, very interesting stuff from our recent history. So Rihanna, what is Sherwood about? Yeah, so it's about the tensions in a small town in Nottingham that are still rife after the miners' strikes in the 80s, specifically about who went on strike and who didn't. Yeah. The so-called the scabs, um, which gets bandied around a lot still in the a series. Very loaded. Very story. loaded word. But as you say, every face in this is a name that you would recognise. And it's really lovely to see the, the cream of the crop of British film and TV come together in something like this, which does feel, as you say, really important from a British history perspective and recent history, but also just really well-made drama. And it's worth saying it's written by a man called James Graham, who's written a lot of other uh, big BBC and ITV shows, mm -hmm. including the drama about the coughing major on <laughs> Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah. So he's got a great track record. Um, I'm trying to, I mean, the list of, of top names in this goes on forever, doesn't it? But just give people an idea. Yeah, I took a photo actually of all of the big names on IMDb. So we have David Morrissey playing DCS Ian Sinclair, Robert Glenister, Leslie Manville, Claire Rushbrook, who was also in Ali and Ava, which I think I mentioned yes, to you about being yeah. a brilliant film, with Adil Akhtar, who is also in this. Lorraine Ashbourne, who is a brilliant actress. We don't really see enough of her in this. She I don't is think. good, isn't she? And I'd, I, she always, no, that's not fair to say she always plays this, a similar sort of character, but here she is back in form as the kind of rough, tough matriarch yes. of a very seedy, sinister crime family. Yeah, it's yeah, great. She's good. You will honestly recognise yeah. so many people. And sometimes that can be a bit jarring and it can take you out. But I think for this, it actually works because you do have so many families, so many different stories going on within the bigger story. What this drama makes very clear is that although the action of the minor strike was back in the 1980s, the repercussions and, as you say, the tensions are still re very real on the ground. Well, it shapes their daily lives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even um, now. Which might seem incredible. But I, funnily enough and oddly enough, went to the area it was set, Ashfield in Nottinghamshire, just a couple of weeks oh, ago. really? Doing something else uh, for the BBC. And it is still very much a community that you feel is tight and close-knit and it's a part of Britain that actually we don't hear a great deal about. No, we don't. And I that struck me even on that day, actually. That's really interesting. It was it was lovely to see something, again, that isn't set around a major city yeah. or a major town. Yeah. And actually for all the... To have the forest just there as its own sort of entity, mm. Sherwood Forest, and everything that that represents as well in in culture, in yeah. terms of Robin Hood, etc. That was all sort of just bubbling under in a really unusual, interesting, cool way. And we haven't even heard a clip yet. Let's play a clip. Let's have a clip here. All right. Sorry, but he's doing it again. Who's doing what again? You know what? He's burning rubbish here. And he's got a perfectly good allotment. The wind's blowing it right into our house. It makes Fred struggle. 
He can't control the direction of the wind, can he? He's not God. If it bothers Fred so much, why doesn't he come and have a quiet word? I'm you know sure he's not going to do that. Do you know what? Why should he? Not send his little helper to do okay, his tell dirty anyone. work for him. Yeah. Okay. Bye. There is quite a lot of smoke, Gary. It's a fire. Where the smoke and all that? Neighbours have complained. Ah, uh, let me guess. That's two warring sisters, isn't it? Though? Yes, which is we haven't quite found out. Well, we do know the reasons why. Why? why it goes back to the minor strike. But it goes back to the minor strike. Yeah. Um, and that was Alan Armstrong as well, who I love, who was in New Tricks for so many years, but he's also an AFC Wimbledon football fan. Is he? As is my family, so oh, well. we, we've got a soft spot for him. Have you? Okay. <laughs> but there are some shocks as this series progresses, aren't there? And unexpected things occur. Yes. I mean, literally at one point I screamed at the yes, TV. so did I. It was, they really don't mind pulling the rug out from underneath you. And I think what I really like is that it's a series that makes you think and gets your brain working. It doesn't feel like it's spoon feeding its audience, which I always appreciate. I like to do a little bit of work. And I don't just mean figuring out who the murderer might be, although, of course, that comes into it. But just the idea of the social politics as well. Yeah. I just I do find it fascinating. We don't see enough of, I think, working-class Britain on screen in this way. This this show does not treat you like an idiot. No. Um, I have to say, I, I was there were times when I felt the script was a little too explainy. Right. But it kind of has to be, because there'll be an audience that just wasn't around back in the 1980s. Yeah. Maybe I was needing it explained to me a little bit more, so perhaps I didn't notice that. Well, yeah, perhaps I was thinking, yes, I know this, Yeah, we can move on. But <laughs> yes. actually, I, I needed reminding of some of the, the differences between the NUM and the UDM and mm -hmm. why people cared so much and all the rest of it. And it was, it was a really troubling and violent time. Mm. And running right through this series is the idea that some people, or one person in particular, is not who they're pretending to be. I think that's such a cool little subplot twist. Yeah, it um, is. And some of that is based in truth. I mean, there really were. And the, we know there were spy cops. The, the, the police had embedded some people in communities and political groups. Yes. And it's very creepy. It is horribly creepy. And they had children and lives with these w women who didn't know. Um, there is still so much bad feeling around the country about what Margaret Thatcher and the police did to these mining towns, but it is being forgotten. And I think this encapsulates that lifelong burden that was put upon these men and women. And we should say, of course, it's, it's as ever a complicated picture because the MP for Ashfield in Nottinghamshire is a man called Lee Anderson now, and he is a Conservative. And things have really changed. And mm -hmm. one of the leading characters in this, played by Joanne Froggart, who's excellent, she yes, always she is. is, is a Conservative candidate yes. in the forthcoming election. I think they say you certified insane when she goes around leafleting yeah, because the idea of having off. a Tory councillor for some is just such an anathema. Yeah, it's it's a, a great series. And if, if it means anything, um, I cannot wait to find out what happens. <laughs> I just think it's brilliant. I've got two more episodes to devour. And as soon as they're available, I'll be right there, I promise you. Absolutely. Also, can I just put in a word for brilliant? The East Midlands accent is very hard to do. Mm. And there are some fantastic examples of some of the actors absolutely nailing that accent. Yes, there are. Um, Adil Akhtar, as I said, is great. as the He, he, he plays the father-in-law of Joanne Froggart. But they've just cast him 
He's way too young for that role. They are the same age. And I looked up... It the, normally happens the other way around, of course, It's true, it? it's true. Yeah. But I, I, they don't even really try and physically age him. It's only his mannerisms which make him feel a little bit doddery. But he does. He is the subject of some painful cringe scenes as well, I which he handles so well. It's yeah. just, oh. I do think that this series has a bit of everything. It's going to really get people talking. I think so. I wonder whether it will make people revisit their experiences mm. back in the 80s. It made me rethink what I was told about what was mm -hmm. going on back then, I have to say. So I think people are going to love it. Leslie Manville is always good and she's great again in this. Oh, she's so um, good. What I love about her is that apparently she's also simultaneously or has already got it in the bag uh, playing played Princess Margaret in, <laughs> in The Crown. So you can't say she doesn't have a little bit of variety in her she, oeuvre. She is so versatile. I saw a really, I went to a talk that she did with um, another film critic, Danny Lee, and they were, it was about working classes on screen. Right. Um, and she was so interesting talking about that because, yeah, talking about losing her accent and having to play other roles is fascinating. You're right that she can pimble between those two. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to her, Princess <laughs> Margaret. Um, Sherwood, you will gobble it up and it's going to get people really, really interested to find out more about what really happened in Nottinghamshire back in the 1980s. Um, not everything you see on screen is real, we ought to say, that some of it is, is fiction. Yeah, this has been inspired by, yeah. right. But there definitely are some some mm -hmm. facts that are real. There were certainly two murders in that town at around the time that is featured in the series. So that's Monday the 14th of June at nine o'clock on BBC One. That's when it all starts. Now, Love Island is a monstrous creation um, that many of us are really keen to avoid until we find ourselves watching it. <laughs> um, it started on Monday the 6th of June on ITV2 and it runs daily at nine o'clock apart from on Saturdays. You can catch up on all episodes and previous seasons on the ITV hub. Incredibly, this is this is series eight. Oh, God, Rihanna, what's happening to this one's proud nation? What is it for anyone who doesn't know? Oh, it's a reality show where... I mean, glamorous is, I think, even not quite selling it. Singles, where mm. next to nothing, live in a beautiful villa, get paired up with each other, and viewers have the power to decide who stays and who goes. And it's it's quite a brutal um, dating <laughs> reality show. It's because It's worse you, than brutal. If you don't get coupled up with somebody, not only are you just sort of alone and single in the villa, and then you don't, and if you don't find a partner, you're chucked out. Yeah. <laughs> Just so explain it like, like the that. Hunger Games of uh, reality shows. The Hunger Games of love. Is what, except it's not love. It's not love. I mean, no one stays together. It's all utterly hopeless. Uh, one thing you can say now, I suppose, is that anyone who signs up to it, they are they must know about the show. They yeah, of course, cannot, that's why they're signing up. Yeah, to they it. cannot possibly say they were lulled, they were lured into something they didn't fully understand. Yeah, I, I, the thing is, you can understand what something looks like, but you might not understand what something feels like. So you might yeah. think, oh, I love the look of it. That's my look. That's, you know, I love the idea of meeting new people in there. And especially these kinds of people, that's who I'm attracted to. Great. However, they might not be able to deal emotionally with the backlash, or which inevitably comes with being on television, especially for people like this. 
What we should say is the show goes on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And to many young people, this is the background to their summer, isn't it? They, well, it is. I mean, I'm <laughs> yeah. not kidding myself. They round off. You've got students who are lolling around at home. She uh, says bitterly. Oh, yes. Uh, and then, um, and you've got any, I mean, it's it's just there. It's part of the fabric of our national life, whether we like it or not. Let's be entertained by a clip from episode two. Gemma and Davide, perhaps you can explain to me, Rihanna, why this show has this incredible appeal. I always say attraction is important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then I need to see something else. I need to see good personality. I need to see that she's ambitious. She's family oriented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also that she's caring about you know her men. That's, yeah, it's pretty long list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say you have good morals? <laughs> no, no, you don't, do you? You're a little. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Why? Why do you think I'm a little? <laughs> because you couldn't yeah, give me a straight yeah. answer. Do you mess people around? Oh. I feel like the power's like proper got to your head. Yeah, but I always have the power to choose. Oh my God, shut up. I might remove myself from this situation. <laughs> <laughs> so you just go pick someone else. I don't like um, competition. I want to be first, not second. I won't be second. Now, the female voice there uh, belongs to Gemma, and it's Gemma Owen, who is the daughter of the footballer Michael Owen. Never heard of him. And (laughs) because, and she's only 19. I can't imagine, actually. I I think being a 19 year old. Had I been. And having her confidence as well. She is confident, but then we've got to be careful here. We're being shown that side of her. Yeah, but also, it does feel like she's putting. Oh gosh, we're doing it. We're, yeah, we're so hooked we're being, in. We're doing we're, it already. We are hooked in, and I hate myself for it. And we're being manipulated. And she's talking there to a man who is a decade older than her. Um, Eight and, years. Yeah. Okay. There is, and there is a conversation. I saw it in the show I watched last night, where they discuss the age difference between them. And I mm-hmm. felt that had been slightly shoehorned in, right. in case anybody felt that this was all wrong. That she was being made to find this much I mean because of her, she is relatively young in the show he is he, a much older person yes I don't know how much I necessarily I think you know when you're 19 you do go for older men if you look at the if you look at the boy that she was matched with he seems so young in comparison to her much nicer though much nicer um and just more naive and immature and so you can understand why someone like her who who clearly has a little bit more knowledge of the world she yes, yeah. she not only has an incredibly famous father but also does herself travel internationally with dressage and is apparently yeah, very good she's at very it. Good at it yeah. So you do feel like she is much more worldly and so would be looking for somebody who has a bit more of that experience. Yeah. Not that I think Davide is that person necessarily. Oh, Davide, who yeah. is not interested in asking anyone a question unless it's about him. What do you think of me? Was literally something that he said to one of the girls. He is. I mean, we shouldn't be... Well, frankly, you can't make generalisations about nationalities, but... He's the most Italian man ever. I think you've just said it. <laughs> Um, especially when he wants her to be family orientated oh, at 19. Please. Uh, yes. So, so yes, I definitely agree. They do edit this to make sure that they tell a story, don't they? This yes. is very structured. Yeah. They, they show us what they want to show us. And I think they are very carefully curating personalities in there. I guess the appeal is that people watch it en masse and then talk about it because we're so awash with it. It's on every night yeah. apart from Saturdays. So, 
you know that it's always there in the background. You can flick it on and you will always find somebody else to talk to about it the next day. Let's be honest, it's not intellectually taxing. And no, no, there it's is, a, it's often a feast for the eye. Um, <laughs> and, look, I mean, we're not kidding ourselves. That's what it, that's also what it's there for. Um, did you see the episode? I mean, it's, I've only watched sure about two, two and a half episodes. Because <laughs> um, amazingly, my partner Mike wanted to keep watching. I think he likes a bit of trash sometimes, although he pretends not to. Isn't he just interested in the interiors? Oh, yeah, or the exteriors. <laughs> but there's a, there was a bit where they have the, the first challenge and they have to they had to tell, oh, it was something airport related and they had yeah. to um, scan each other with body scanners. And then at the end, they had to kiss each other on the mouth. Mm. For what reason? No, it, it, it was, was never just... fully explained. <laughs> no. I think it was just for the telly, Rihanna, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> It's just a lot of snogging. It's uh, it's a lot of people in bikinis saying, "What do you like about me?" Yeah, oh, it's it's truly. <sighs> I'm such a snob. I'm sorry. You know, I do get why people want to watch something where they can switch their brains off. In the spirit of absolute transparency, apparently over three million people watched the yeah. first episode. Huge audience for most stations these days on terrestrial television. For ITV too. I mean, there's your explanation. That's why it's continuing to be made. Mm. Love Island uh, is back. Well, it's back. What can we say? We'll discuss Lenny Henry's Caribbean Britain in a moment or two. First, let's focus on Suspect, which starts on Sunday the 19th of June on Channel 4 at 9 o'clock. And there's another episode that night at 9.30. Channel 4 also will release the box set at midnight on the 19th. So you can watch the whole thing in one big binge. It's based on a Danish series and it stars James Nesbitt as Danny Freighter. Yes, he's a detective. He's a veteran (laughs) detective. And he's on a mission, uh, aren't they all, this time to find the truth about how his estranged daughter died. I'm so sorry, Danny. Christina's been murdered. There's no evidence to support that. You need to investigate this. Take me through from the top. How much do you know? Did something happen last night? You're her dad. I've told you everything I know. Don't go sticking your nose in the things that best left well alone. I start talking, I found you. You really didn't know your daughter at all, did you? Why would anybody want to kill her? Open the door! You could have saved her! So could you. I've got nothing to lose, so I'll keep digging until I find something. And when I do find that one little thread, I'll pull the long shabai unravels. Ooh, what about that? Um, Now, I talked to James. He was on set using his mobile phone as a mic, so apologies for the slightly dodgy (laughs) quality of his audio at times during our conversation. Um, I think he was actually on the set of Bloodlands or about to go back to work on Bloodlands, which is coming back, which I know a lot of people enjoyed. Wait, is that the one where he was a baddie? He was a detective. But wasn't he a bad detective? He was a detective who was conflicted. But again, a lot of them are, especially on the telly. Anyway, um, when we spoke, I told him that I'd watched seven episodes of Suspect and I found myself quite drawn in. I asked him if that was the intention. It's quite a journey, I think. You know, I, mean, I think it's unusual for a start. I mean, I think it's quite unusual to watch something nowadays, which is, you know, just a 200, these 30-minute 200s. It's quite theatrical, I suppose, in that respect. I mean, I'm questioning it's very, very bleak. I don't really know what the intention was in a way. I mean, it was when I first read it. Because um, I, was, I wasn't I was really planning on working. I'd finished stay close up in Manchester. And, I, and you know, I, I don't really plan things ahead that much unless I unnecessarily sorted. Um, 
but it was one of the jobs. Where it was a script where you kind of I read it and sort of wish I hadn't because I thought, oh god, I'm going to have to do this. Uh, you know, uh, and I don't mean that arguably. I mean in the sense that it, it was so compelling in a sense and felt very much a challenge as an actor in kind of like really reaching into the depths of despair of a person, someone who seemed quite beaten. So, you know, I, I didn't really, I suppose, consider what the intention was. All I saw was someone that was beaten, really, as I say, beaten, I think, by life, someone that has made some terrible decisions, very, very flawed, someone who, as we discover, uh, turns out had, had quite a difficult childhood, that his whole life has been framed by a kind of maybe a controlling and an unloving mother, um, has at some point had the opportunity to create that life that he must, as a child, have somehow dreamt of, you know, uh, falling in love, uh, a brilliant kind of matched person, uh, creating a wonderful life in his daughter, and, um, and, and doing what he thinks is a job with great responsibility and, and being on the side of right. I mean, and he has that for a while for many reasons, you know, probably a lot of self-destruct or a lot of his own insecurities from childhood or whatever, it, it's kind of fallen apart. The fact that it's just, I say just, but you know what I mean, it's really taught, it is just these 30-minute episodes. No. That That is really quite unusual, isn't it, today? Yeah, I mean, it's theatrical, as I say, I think, in a sense. Um, there was a lot to, to, to learn. I mean, and it was just all-encompassing. So, I mean, and I'm sorry to be kind of vague about your, your original question, about what was the intention? It was so all-encompassing, it, it, it was kind of, I didn't really have time to think about anything else, but but kind of be in the moment. I mean, Nick, funny enough, Nick Murphy, the, the, the director you talk about, and, and other directors I've worked with, Paul Greengrass, very much, who, who did Bloody Sunday, and talk a lot about being in the moment. You know, and, and just, and, and, and that was really what this particular, the challenge of this was, because there was so much to learn. I was working with a different actor all the time, I, I, and we didn't shoot it in sequence, so it was trying to remind yourself what part of the 24-hour journey um, Daniel was yeah. on. So it's 24 hours in this this poor man's life. Yeah. Um, he's at his wit's end. Uh, the beginning is, is a. I mean, the first episode is quite shocking, was, actually, when you realise that the the corpse on the in the morgue is actually his estranged daughter. Mm. Um, and you do grief really well, but it's something you've done a lot, isn't it? I mean, do, do you understand why you keep being cast in these roles of um, desperate, desperate dad? Oh, no, I don't know, really. I mean, you know, I started off as a comedy actor. I mean, I don't know what changed, really. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I've been very, very blessed with the writing. You know, unquestionably in, in, in art, um, and I'm sure in interviews or in everything that we all, in, in any job, we, we, but, but certainly as an actor, I, I am able to lean towards, you know, bits of my life, you know, and so I am a parent, you know, I am a father of two daughters. I'm blessed in that respect. I have a fantastic relationship with them. They're both healthy and well. They're growing up. They do wonderful things in their lives. And so at times, unquestionably, you can lean towards that. If I was playing a father, you know, if it, like, for example, in The Missing, you know, I mean, you can, you know, of course you relate to it. But really, as much, you can only, that only covers a little bit, you know. I mean, it's really the script and the story that takes you to these places, you know, and, and, and it's the writing. What's interesting about this is that your character is troubled by how good or not a father he's been. Yeah. Um, and that is something actually that isn't explored all that frequently, is it really? I mean, I, I, I find it quite moving in a way talking about um, that character because it's like he's 
you know, it's it's just taken him to get to the worst place imaginable in life for him to have a shot at some sort of redemption, not in terms of redeeming himself in the eyes of the world or in the eyes, but the arse of the fact that he's reignited as a father, he's reignited as a as a, a husband, he's reignited as a as a cop, and he's reignited as a as a person, really, at the at the worst time. Is this um, the kind of show that you would routinely watch? No. Oh, sorry. God, I shouldn't say that. You know, I think we're all... There's so much opportunity to watch things. I mean, there's so many different streaming channels, so many channels, so many platforms, so much good television out there that, you know, you have to sort of be hooked quite early on. What was the last series you watched from start to finish? Succession. OK. The one before uh, that and- was Call My Agent. I, I'm hoping that people watch this and, and they get hooked. They get a bit immersed. Like, I mean, I know you were doing it kind of for a job, in a sense, but I do hope that there was something in you that made you kind of... Yeah, can I just ask, from a viewer's point of view, is there a conclusion to this? Am I going to be satisfied by the final episode? Oh, there's a conclusion. OK, that's all That's all I want to know. All right. Um, so, talking of, of Call My Agent, um, <laughs> this is a terrible question. Would you call your agent and say, for God's sake, get me a rom-com, quick? Uh, no, that's a good question. No, but, I mean, no, but, but my agent and I, I mean, you know, she has been... I mean, outside my, you know, friends and my, my daughters and my, my, the, the, the women in my life, of which there are many, my sisters and my ex, blah, blah, blah. Um, my agent is certainly um, one of the most important relationships. I, I honestly think that, that, you know, actually, actors in this country don't kind of thank their agent enough. I, mean, I am nothing without my agent. You know, she's been... A sort of, yeah, but, but would I call her an actor for a wrong call? Well, no, I wouldn't say I want to do, you know, I mean... I don't. I kind of don't pick jobs by genre, but I mean, I, I suppose I might say, "Listen, maybe I shouldn't play a policeman for a while." I know what you mean, but uh, yeah, I, I, it might be nice to do something funny soon. Yeah, I mean, because I'm of the generation that loved Cold Feet and yeah. loved it again when it came back. I mean, you've got comedy chops, so um, let's see it. Let's see them. Let's have a let's have a laugh with James Nesbitt. Yeah, I think we should do that. Um, I'm hoping that will happen soon. Yeah, I want you to make me laugh again, basically, um, rather than go to sleep worrying about you and whether or not you're going to get um, <laughs> resolution. Do your daughters comment on the way you what the way you perform, or do they just not care? They're incredibly supportive of my daughters. I mean, they're, they're mates now, really. I mean, they're, they're daughters, but they're mates kind of growing up. They can be quite scathing. They know when to say the right thing to me a lot of the time, you know. Um, Jolie Richardson says she would do Strictly. Oh. Now, um, she's told the Radio Times that. So would you ever consider well, that's funny, anything My daughters would love me to do that. I would be too tired. I mean, and I would love to do it, but not for it to be on the telly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd love to kind of go through that, the discipline of that, because I really, I'm very competitive as a, uh, you know, I, I play a lot of sport. I would just be so, I, I get kind of embarrassed things, which a lot of people would find hard to believe. <laughs> Bloodlands is what you're doing right now, is it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's, is that being filmed in Northern Ireland? In, in and around kind of Strangford, Lockdown and County Down. So it's wonderful. I mean, I'm in my apartment here in Belfast. I'm going down. Later, I'll be filming until half 11 tonight, down by the lock. It's funny, I was, we were filming down by um, St. John's Point, a lighthouse down in Strangford Lock yesterday, and uh, quite a sort of harrowing scene, but there was a couple arrived who were getting married in sort of in, in half an hour's time, but they, this is where they were choosing to have their wedding photographs, where we were shooting. <laughs> so we kind of stopped shooting, and they came down to be filmed by the water. Then they said, oh, can we have one with you? And I was so... But they're, they're photo with me, but my face was um, 
kind of quite scarred from a certain scene that I was <laughs> so it's going to be a rather interesting photo in there. James Nesbitt, who is stopped to pose in other people's wedding photographs, even if he's covered in horrific bloody makeup. <laughs> he's that big in Northern Ireland. Um, so what did you think of Suspect? Oh, I don't like that. We should say it's eight two-handers, isn't it? Quite yeah, short so episodes. Format-wise, it was really interesting because, mm. yes, it's a series of two-handers with Jimmy Nesbitt at the heart of all of them. Yeah. And he, yeah, police officer trying to find a missing girl. He gets to the morgue, discovers it's his own daughter. And then it feels like a point-and-click video game where he goes, he sort of uncovers clues by talking to a different person in a different location yeah. each time yeah. and then finding a little bit here, a little bit there. He finds her watch. He finds, you know, he sort of uncovers little bits and takes them with him, almost like adding to his rucksack of, I could just envision this, me playing this at As home. As a game? Yes. Okay. So, for example, in the first episode, he talks to the lab technician, head lab technician, um, played by Jolie Richardson. <laughs> I thought she was terrible. Yeah, in what this. have you got against her? I sorry, texted you. <laughs> that was quite, I was horrified. Is it just me or is Jolie Richardson terrible in this? But also, to be fair, I think it is also the way this is directed. I feel we are so at arm's length the whole time. Um, we don't really we don't know anything about Jimmy before we're immediately thrown into this really fraught, tense situation. Um, so it, it, it's quite difficult to fully empathise with him, especially the more we learn about him well, and realise. I mean, I've only seen the first two. You've only, okay. you've seen the first seven. I've seen seven, and we 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 discover that the reason he is estranged, or one of the reasons he was estranged from his daughter, is that she was gay. Exactly. That see, and that seems in the twenty first century. Uh, well, you'd ha you'd, I'd hate to believe that any parent would become estranged from their child for that reason. I couldn't quite believe that this character, as portrayed by James Nesbitt in this show, would have used that as a reason well, not to see his own child. Yes, because he then goes to his daughter's flat and meets his daughter's partner, played by Neve Alger, who is very good, by yeah. the way. She's excellent. And actually, this episode two was much better, I thought. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, the one location thing, I, I think the format is fascinating and I think I love the idea of it more than I liked the the payoff. I like the format and I like the fact that you saw two competing acting abilities and talents going up against each other. It is it is immersive. I actually I've clearly found myself much more involved than you did mm. and I've watched much more of it and I now really desperately want to find out oh, really? how she did die and who's responsible because it it takes you in all kinds of different directions. Mm -hmm. Um I mean it's not it's not as good as Sherwood. I wasn't as invested as I was. Yeah. I am in Sherwood. But I did think this had real merit, I have to say. I, I think I was just struggling. And I, I guess it's because you move, it's only half hour, so you move quite quickly between each location and character. So it doesn't almost feel like there's time to build a relationship with anyone apart from James Nesbitt's character. And I just didn't like him from the off because well, I, mean, I didn't... But it's okay not to like someone. Perhaps yeah, he's not very likeable, maybe. That's fair enough. But then I guess what was my thread then? What was my reason to keep watching? Keep watching. Because I didn't care oh, okay. enough about his reason. Like I could, couldn't quite understand the way he reacted in certain situations. And again, I think that's not down to the acting so much as the writing. You heard in that interview that we've we've just played that, you know, he sometimes does wish he could play roles other than a detective. 
perspective. Yes, I just I think he's he's so much better when he is. He does have a bit more of a comedic bent. To, I liked him to as, his a, roles. as a very nasty dentist in a BBC show called The Secret a couple of years ago. <laughs> so he's got dentist in his in his locker as well. It doesn't have to be a detective. I mean, Leslie Manville's spectrum of it's, roles are slightly more slightly wider. Than, yeah. Okay. All right. From dentist to police villain. It is suspect. I think some people will really enjoy this. And it starts Channel 4, 9 o'clock, Sunday the 19th of June. Finally this week, Lenny Henry's Caribbean Britain, which is on Wednesday the 22nd of June at 9 o'clock on BBC Two. And what's this, Rihanna? So this is a celebration of black British history from the Windrush generation to modern vernacular. And Lenny Henry is a great guide for us through this story. You know, he's... He's charming, he's funny, he makes you laugh, but he also understands more than most the poignancy of what he's saying. And he talks us through black British firsts, for example, in the art world. And and we hear about the journey of music as well throughout. So this is, a, I guess, a whistle-stop tour. It's only two episodes of black British history from the 50s to now. Let's hear Lenny. In this two-part special, I'll be asking some of my friends how several generations of Caribbean people have absorbed. It was reggae poetry. It's poetry with a reggae feel and talking about the politics of the day. Influenced. Feeling free. That was what carnival always was for us. Our whole culture on display. I've heard Greek kids or Turkish kids say to each other, yeah, man, what, brethren? and changed British culture. On every element, every part of our society, there's a Caribbean touch. And finding out what it all means for Britain as a whole. What time has this been aired? Never you mind. Oh, yeah, I want to know what I can and can't say. <laughs> Judy Love is everywhere at the moment. She is. She was on the Chris and Rosie Ramsey show oh, she a indeed. couple of weeks ago, adding a little bit of showbiz excitement to that. <laughs> Much needed, I should say. Um, OK, what did you think of this? I I honestly really liked it. This is something that I would really happily just have watched anyway. I I really liked hearing from the contributors that I knew about, that I knew personally, for example, Trevor Nelson. It was really great to hear him talking about um, the West Indian cricket team being yes. number one and his dad's reaction. And just how much that meant. Yeah, yeah. and he, you know, they are really able to paint a picture of just how important and how exciting and how novel that sort of celebration was. You know, I'd forgotten that the captain of England at that time um, was actually a South African. Yeah, I mean, what? You can understand why everybody was so yes. delighted that the West Indies <laughs> yes. taught them a lesson. <laughs> um, so it's kind of peppered with these really brilliant anecdotes. Um, and I think telling the history of anywhere through the history of music is a great in because it's something that we can all relate to is something we all understand we understand the influences and the ripple effects calypso scar really interesting stuff about calypso which i did not know no why would you because it was all on tv in the very early 50s is which I, again i had no idea about no. that that was on well, a white guy was actually actually stolen calypso oh, to yes. do a, like a satirical weekly song yes. i think that man was Oh, forgive me if I'm wrong. I think it was Lance Percival. It was. Yeah. Mike leant over and went, that's Lance Percival. Like, How do you know that? He's so clever. Honestly, weird. So thanks to Steve McQueen, those of us who weren't around or wouldn't have been invited anyway, we can get a really clear picture of what these parties would have been like and the kind of music that the Caribbean diaspora were listening to then. And they actually break down Silly Games, which is... Janet Kay. One of the most euphoric songs in... 
yeah. Steve McQueen's small act series in Lovers Rock, mm. and and I think reminded a whole in the same way that Kate Bush is kind of being introduced to a new audience through Stranger Things. Yes, yeah. through Stranger Things. I think um, Janet Kay's music is being introduced to a whole new audience. Her voice was that. so high; it was so high. I but I can hear it now. I just can't do it. I love that they explain where that came from, and it was from a Shirley Bassey advert where she breaks a wine glass through her voice with yeah. her voice. Yeah. So it gives you the the major ripple effects and then really delves into the detail as well. And I think that's something I haven't really seen them do before. If you're my age, you will be, I think, somewhat unsettled by first of all, the, the clips of the young Lenny Henry are very moving in yeah. some ways. His sort of early TV show. He's got such a lovely open face. He has his, <laughs> baby face. His Frank Spencer impersonation. Yes, stuff that's like great. That. And then um excerpts from shows like Love Thy Neighbour. Yeah. Quite troubling really yes. and that was very very mainstream entertainment at a time when there were only three channels mm. and frankly nobody nobody you knew watched yeah bbc2 so it was either bbc1 or what we called the other side uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm serious that's what people yeah. thought it's slightly you know occulty um <laughs> but it, where love thy neighbor resided and then you get comedians like the the Charlie Williams was, he was uh, a black guy who was a comedian. He was on television a lot in shows like the Wheel Tappers and Shunters Social Club, which was a bit like Live at the Apollo now. Um, And he was the only non-white face, Mm. a a very gentle Yorkshire accent. Um, And he said some, he said some stuff that actually was very challenging for the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Got to mention Dame Floella Benjamin, who, by the way, was part of the Jubilee pageant, rightfully, the oh. other day. She was on one of the bosses. She always cheers me up, Floella, and I think it is just that link She's, with my childhood well, <laughs> a little bit. It's you know? actually, weirdly, a link with mine. I mean, <laughs> she doesn't look it, but she is actually old enough to have been on television when I was watching the likes of Play School. Yeah. I think I was actually in the position where I was babysitting other kids who right, were watching yeah. it, but nevertheless, I did watch it. And she's a very significant figure, and she's now developed a lovely relationship on social media with the people she calls her Play School babies. Oh, that's adorable. It is adorable, and she's completely there where she should be as, as part of the, the heart of our national life, and I think that's great. My only beef is that I would like to have heard from people um, who were from the Caribbean or from Caribbean families who hadn't done brilliantly well in their lives. Yeah. Almost, I mean, almost every, but Sonia Boyce, the artist, mm-hmm. you've got people like the designer, um, Althea McNish. These people, mm. they've all been really successful yeah. and they are very talented. Yes. But what about those people who've really just had a tough time? Or just lived lives that well, weren't in the in perfectly the, yeah in the spotlight yeah but yeah I think that's a fair enough that's something I think we talked about with Tan France's documentary that he managed to like do a, a bit of both I think he yes talked to, he talked to more so called in speech marks ordinary people yes. yeah well you <laughs> can't Plebs, I personally we can't get enough of ordinary people <laughs> being one myself um, so I'm not criticizing the program it's great to hear from Andy Oliver who's always a really interesting yeah. contributor on anything but. I, I think know. that's fair enough. I do agree with that because we are getting a privileged insight mm. into Caribbean life, I suppose. Well, do you know what? I think one, increasingly, one I think commissioners just think, well, no one's going to watch it if there aren't celebrities in it. <laughs> yes. Uh, and maybe that's true. Yeah. The other thing that I picked up on was when they were talking about if there was a black person on TV, they would scream for the whole house and all, <laughs> to say, come on, come and watch. There's someone on TV that looks like us. And, and then the pressures of being that black person on TV as well and having, like you was talking about with Love Thy Neighbour, that was so huge for so many people to be represented. Mm. And then, but also so incredibly disappointing 
of just how actually offensive it was. Yeah. And yeah. and to sort of feel that pride and also that shame all in one it must have been such an awful line to tread. I can't imagine how difficult that would have been, I think, w- wanting to see yourself and then seeing yourself and being so let down. It's a really interesting couple of programmes. You'll find plenty to enjoy. And if you're my age, you'll be you know, just a bit, oh, did that really happen? And if you're of Rihanna's generation, you will learn a thing or two. Lenny Henry's Caribbean Britain then is on Wednesday the 22nd of June at nine o'clock on BBC Two and then afterwards, of course, on the iPlayer. And if you want part two, it's on the 29th of June, same time, nine o'clock, BBC Two. Um, If you want the Radio Times magazine on the cover this week because it's out today, Paul Macca McCartney at 80. Doesn't (laughs) he look good for 80? He really does look good. Don't know what his secret is. I know um, he has recently stopped dyeing his hair. Thank goodness, you know. (laughs) Doesn't he look so much better because of that? Well, he he was, for many, many decades, a very vibrant plum. But he's... (laughs) He's He's let it go. Let it go. And he has let it go. He has let it go. And he looks, honestly, so much more normal. Yeah. That's also the place where you'll find a longer version of my interview with James Nesbitt, the star of Suspect. Uh, Radio Times Mag is out today. Of course, Macca is the headline act at Glastonbury. And we'll talk about Glastonbury next week on the podcast, won't we? Yes, we will. Never been, have you? Uh, not to Glastonbury, no. Ooh. And I'm, to be honest, Treat for both of us. get a bottle of lager and you can watch it on the couch. <laughs> Why would you bother? Um, that's My sentiments, say. exactly. I mean, that's what I said 30 years ago and it's what I'm still saying now. <laughs> OK, it's time for the quiz. It's time for what we watched. Here's the fanfare. It's my turn Go for on. revenge this week. I mean, to have a bit of fun with the quiz yeah. <laughs> where you guess the year. Unpleasant attitude. I, th- <laughs> I think we're probably running out of years. That's why we've done this one. Your first clue is that Agatha Christie's Poirot debuted in this year, starring David Suchet, who I think is a brilliant Poirot. You think he was the best ever? <sighs> I mean, Albert Finney was also great. So the programme ran for 13 series. Unbelievably. I don't know how they had mysteries by the end of it. Here's a clip from the very first episode. Look at the tastings. Not a building in sight. Not a restaurant. Not a theatre. Not an art gallery. A wasteland. I thought you liked the country. But this is not the country, my friend. The country is full of trees and flowers and public houses. This is a desert. I don't know why we've come all this way anyway. You found the cook. The cook is but the beginning of the story, Hastings. Um, Remind me what nationality Poirot is. Belgian. Belgian. Is that a Belgian accent? Yes. Is it? Okay. (laughs) Don't say anything about Suchet. I won't. I haven't. (laughs) The second clue is Neighbours actors and pop singers, you know who I'm talking about, Mm. Kylie Minogue and Jason Donovan Mm. reached number one in the UK singles chart. especially for you? With especially for you. Here's a brief reminder of that song. Can you do the dance moves that you would have been doing at the time? I absolutely can't. No. No. Okay. Especially for you. I want to know. 
at the time that many decades into the future Kylie would have Britain's best-selling rosé <laughs> no one no one isn't life weird that's why I can never really be a pessimist because oh. there's so many funny things that just happen <laughs> um, and that's one of them and the third clue <laughs> that we have with a clip is BBC Two airing live coverage of the inauguration of George Bush as the 41st president of the US. Here's a clip from the NBC News commentary that day. We're up here at the Capitol, and one thing the motorcade can expect is a change in the weather. The wind has really whipped up, and the temperature is falling rather precipitously here. I heard you and Deborah Norville speaking a while ago about the motorcade route and some of the security involving manhole covers. It's uh, more extensive than that. Um, all of the mailboxes, the newspaper boxes, and the trash cans also have been removed over the past couple of days. An obvious uh, a problem with security there anticipated, so they wanted to get rid of those for a while. The security in large measure is unprecedented all along and all around the festivities in that more people will be going through metal detectors getting to these festivities and around the parade route than ever before. Gosh. Um, George W. Bush or... George Bush. Oh, George Bush. Um, final clues. Yeah. 500 workers on the Channel Tunnel go on strike in a protest against pay and working conditions. Very apt at the moment. Yes. The Exxon Valdez spilt 240,000 barrels of oil in the Prince William Sound in this year. Oh, dear. None of all, all of it is, seems terribly important. I just cannot get a handle on the Um I'm going to have a wild guess now. Go um, on. It's a measure of my intellect that I'm having to cling to the Kylie and <laughs> Kylie and Jason clue <laughs> as my best hope. Is it 1994? No. Oh. <laughs> it, am I anywhere close? You're a few years off. 1990. Closer. 1988. No, it can't be. Just a little bit. What? A little bit later. 1991? No, you said 1990, you said 1988. It's between those two years. <laughs> Is it 1989? Yeah! Oh, of course. I, that just really does make me feel a bit sad because that's so long ago. 1989. That was when I was... Okay, let's end the podcast. If you want a list of the programmes we've talked about today and where to find them, go to the episode notes wherever you get your podcast. Do follow to get episodes as soon as they come out. And if you want to subscribe to the Radio Times magazine with Paul McCartney on the cover this week, buy subscriptions.com forward slash Radio Times is the place to go. Buy subscriptions.com forward slash Radio Times. And the Radio Times podcast is produced by... Something else. And who's it for? It's for Immediate Media. Thank you. Have a very good week. Thanks. <laughs>